How's everyone doing? Good, all right, all right, all right. We'll see if we can get warmed up a little bit more than that. You guys, everybody fine, everybody good? It's like, all right, let's get in there, get in there. All right, all right, I like it. So um, we, we started a series a couple weeks ago, just the idea of it is, is coming around prayer. And, and we talk about prayer requests, and, and, and lots of us have those, those prayer requests. And, and one of the things that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them and it was, it was really the only time we see in Scripture that the disciples came to Jesus and said, would you show us how to do this? Because even though we've been doing this our whole life, um, I'm not really sure if we're quite getting it right. And that was what the disciples said. So the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, will you teach us? Will you teach us how to pray? Will you teach us how to pray? Now, this was a big thing, I think, because they were... You know, they were people who, um, you know, went to prayer, prayed three times a day and, you know, even would go to the temple every day and, and carve out time. I mean, this was something that their habits were what I would see and view as pretty good. They're pretty good. But they, would came, they came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, we teach us how to pray because there's something about you. There's something about your prayer life. That's different. So, you know, if you're here last week, we talked about how, you know, that the power of what we do comes from our prayer life. And that's what the power came from for Jesus. It, it came from his, his prayer life. It, it, it's what I believe gave him the, the supernatural ability to, to be able to, you know, do miracles and meet needs and love people in, 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 a, in a way that nobody's ever seen before. And, and so I believe it was that Jesus, that time that Jesus spent alone and what we see in Scripture to support that time that Jesus spent alone just praying, connecting with his Father. It was, it was also a recharge. It was a recharge. And I didn't really have a whole lot of time last week to go into that. But I really think that it was, for Jesus, it was a recharge time. You know how when your phone gets low, you know, and you got to, and even though you're like, I don't, I don't want to be without my phone for, you know, 10 minutes, you know. But yet you need to go and plug it in, you know, and you plug it in. It has to recharge so that you can go back and use it. I believe that that's what prayer is for us. It's a recharge. And that, needs, that time needs to be designated and set aside. And so, um, so I challenged all of us to, you know, 15 minutes of prayer. 15 minutes every single day. And I, I didn't even tell you for the rest of your life. I just said, hey, for 15 days, carve out alone, get away, carve out 15 minutes of your day and pray. And that's what Jesus did. I believe he spent a lot more, longer than 15 minutes, and, and he certainly did it more for, for longer than 15 days. But we got to start somewhere, some of us. And I hope that it was challenging for you, and I heard back from some of you saying, you know, this was difficult, or this was challenging. It's, it's, boy, isn't it hard to just sit and listen? Isn't that the hard part? Boy, that's, it's easy for us to just talk and talk and talk. God, this is what's going on. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. Boy, the challenge is just to sit and to listen to what God has to say to us, because I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like sitting and listening, and then I'm thinking about, oh, I was supposed to get milk, you know? <laughs> You know, anybody have this, like, oh, I was supposed to, oh, I need to cut the grass because I, even though it's not really growing that much, you know, and I, I start talking to myself for five minutes and I'm supposed to be listening, you know? So all that is natural and normal. And my advice for, for some people, because it was, it was a handful of people, my advice is like maybe take a notepad, write some things down, and that just maybe clears out your mind a little bit. So if you're continuing in this journey, I would continue uh, to, I would advise you to do that, you know, just write some things down. Um, and that kind of thing. So, so 
what we want to do now is we want to continue in what, I, what was called or what is coined as the Lord's Prayer. But I really think it was a, it's a prayer for us. It's a prayer for the disciples. I don't think it was a prayer that was, is meant to really be repeated. As a matter of fact, Jesus talked about, you know, to avoid repetition when it comes to your prayer life. I believe it was just a template. It was a model. It was, this is, these are some important points or important elements to your prayer life that you should touch on, that you should address as you begin to pray. And so um, we're gonna pick it up. Now, before we do that, before we do that, how many of you ever seen these, um, these optical illusions before? Can you throw one of them up on the screen for me? All right, have you ever seen these before, these optical illusions? All right, so here's what I want you to do. If, you, if you've done it before, you already know what to do. If you haven't done it before, here's what I want you to do, okay? Do you see those four dots that are going vertical? Do you see those four dots? Okay, I want you to stare at those four dots for about 15 seconds, and then I want you to either close your eyes or, or you can find a, a wall and just stare, look at a wall, blink, and see, I want, I want you to see if you can see it, okay? All right, go ahead. You see it? Who didn't see it? Raise your, oh, I got, who saw it? Raise your hand. <laughs> who did, nobody's going to admit, I didn't see it. I didn't know. Nobody's going to admit that. If you, you got to, listen, if you can Google this and do it at home. If you didn't see it, you just got to do it. But how many of you saw Jesus? Anybody see Jesus? Yeah, you saw Jesus. Isn't that kind of cool? Like you just, it, there's the image. It doesn't look like Jesus at all, but you close your eyes and you see this. Did anybody see Jesus ascending? Isn't that kind of that was kind of neat, neat huh? He, he ascends. It's kind of cool. Let me let me. These are probably some some a little bit simpler to, to get, but here's another one. What do you see? What else do you see? Evil. Who saw good first? Okay, you're going to heaven. Who saw evil? <laughs> Who saw evil first? Just kidding, I'm kidding. These two overlapping images, and you see them both. Let me show you one more, one more, one more. What do you see? What are the two images? What are the two images? A bunny and a duck. You see the bunny and the duck? The bunny's face is on the right. The duck's beak is on the left of the image. Everybody see it now? This is just, this is just an, an example, a, a very small example illustration of the two worlds, the two, what I call the two kingdoms that overlap and the reality of these two kingdoms that overlap in our life. Now, Jesus had a framework. Jesus' framework was, uh, was heavenly kingdom, okay? And there's these overlapping kingdoms, just like those images. There's these overlapping images, and you can see them both. Some can only see, and there's, there's multiple of them. You can go on, online. You can find some more. There's, it's a lot of fun. But Jesus had this 
this framework of a heavenly kingdom. That was Jesus's framework. When Jesus came to earth, uh, you, would, you, would, you would read in, in the scripture that Jesus would say things like this. You have heard it has been said, and then he would say something, but then he, sa- then he would say this, but I say to you, like, so he would, he would sort of say, like, you are taught, or you learned, or you heard, or you practice a certain way, but I say to you, and what he was doing was this, he was trying to teach his followers, that there are two overlapping kingdoms. And his kingdom, his framework, what he saw and what he was trying to teach his followers and what he's trying to still teach his followers today in his word is that he wants you to see a heavenly kingdom. He wants you to see a heavenly kingdom. What we naturally see is we naturally see a worldly kingdom, or you can say, call it an earthly kingdom. That's what we naturally see. What we see in front of us, we, what, what we consider you know, our relationships, you know, what, what, what we consider our, you know, our responsibilities, what we consider when it comes to our, you know, our, our provisions. You know, these are the things that we see. These are our, this is our worldly kingdom that we live in. But Jesus would say to us, listen, there are overlapping kingdoms going on. There's overlapping kingdoms. There's what we can see, what is in front of us, what we, where we live in, in, you know, at this time, where we live. It's our, it's our earthly kingdom. It's our worldly kingdom. But Jesus says, listen, I want you to see, I want you to see the kingdom of heaven. I want you to see a heavenly kingdom in your life. As a matter of fact, that's the way that I want you to function. That's the way that I want you to go about your relationships. That's the way that I want you to go about your responsibilities. That's the way that I want you to see your possessions. That's the way that I want you to view your provisions. I want you to see it within the framework of a heavenly kingdom and not so much a worldly kingdom. But because of what we see naturally, because of what is in front of us, we often typically only see our worldly kingdom. Now, what is a... What is the kingdom of heaven about? Well, here's what Jesus describes as the kingdom of heaven, okay? He gives multiple examples, and I would encourage you in your devotion time to go and search this out, okay? I want you to search this out. Look what it says in Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Okay, he says this. The kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus says this at least a dozen times. In scripture, the kingdom of heaven is like, if you want to go on a search, Google search, or if you want to go to like BibleGateway.com, or if you have the version Bible app, hopefully you're writing these things down because these are incredible, incredible resources and tools for you. Okay, so if you go and do a search, the kingdom of heaven is like, here's just a couple examples. Here's what he says. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Wow, that's quite 
a find, don't you think? I mean, he's going, listen, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here's what this heavenly kingdom is like. It's like if you find a treasure in a field, you see the value, you see how precious it is, you see the worth of it, and you're willing to go and sell everything for it. You're willing to gather up all of your possessions you're willing to gather up everything that you own and you're willing to trade that in for the treasure called the kingdom of heaven. Let me give you another example Jesus gives. Verse 45 in Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven. Let me just say this too. All you need to go is to Matthew 13 and there's a probably like six of them there just in Matthew 13. So write that down. Matthew 13, go there and you can read them later. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And verse 46, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Another example, what is the kingdom of heaven like? Well, the kingdom of heaven is like something that's just extremely, incredibly valuable, more valuable than any earthly kingdom can offer. It's more valuable than any worldly kingdom can give to you. It's more valuable than all of your possessions combined. It's more valuable than even any relationship that you have. It's more valuable than any provision that you can use. It's more valuable than that. He says, listen, I want you to see how incredible the kingdom of heaven is. It's like a treasure and they go and sell everything they have to buy that field where that treasure is. It's like a, a merchant, pearl merchant, finding these fine pearls and going and selling everything that he has so that he can go and buy that. It's great value. Great value. So, in Jesus' prayer, in Jesus' prayer, he says, hey, listen, here's what I want you to pray. Here's what I want you to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse number one. We're gonna start from the beginning where we started last week. And it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, because that's what Jesus did, hopefully that's what you've been doing, in a certain place after he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Verse two, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. So that, this is where we were at last week. We, just, we go into him. He's our perfect heavenly father, and we consider him. We see him as, as holy. Holy is his name. Then look what it says. Then look what he says to, that we should pray. Your kingdom Come. Your kingdom come. What is he talking about? Is he talking about our worldly kingdom? No, it's already here. It's already here. We're living in it. What he's, pray, he, what he's asking us to pray for, he's asking us to pray for the heavenly kingdom to come here. He says it this way in Matthew, and this is probably the, a, a verse that's probably more familiar to you in Matthew chapter six. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You probably know and have memorized, and like me, the King James version of that, all right? Don't you love, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. This is what Jesus is saying for us to pray for. He's saying, I want, before you pray about anything regarding yourself, before you get into all of the stuff that you need to unload on God as if God doesn't already know what you're going through. You can, really, you can really cut out the informative stuff. You know, when we pray, you're like, you know, God, I have a cousin, you know, Susie, and she's, you know, about, you know, 18 years old. And, and God's like going, really? Oh, I didn't know that you had a cousin named Susie who was 18 years old. Like, I'm the almighty God. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You're like, you can cut out the informative stuff. God already knows what you, what's going on. God already knows your needs. He already knows what you're, what you're concerned about. What, listen. But before we get into that, he says, I want you to not only pray, Father, hallowed be your name, but I want you to pray that thy kingdom come, that thy will be done in earth, in earthly kingdom, in worldly kingdom, as it is in heavenly kingdom. Are you with me so far? Nod your head. Do this if you're not, and I'll keep explaining. This is what he wants us to pray for. This is, this is before you get into your worldly kingdom needs. Your relationships, your provisions, your you know, possessions. Before you get into any of that, he says, I want your prayer to be focused in on the heavenly kingdom coming to earth here. That's what I want you to be focused in on. This is what I want you to be. This is what I want you to see. And what's easy to see is the duck. What's harder to see is the rabbit. What's easier to see is whatever that image was of Jesus. But when you, when you stare and you blink and you, or you close your eyes or you look at a wall, what he wants you to see is he wants you to see Jesus on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me? So, how do we do that? Here's the question. How do we see his kingdom come and his will be done here, okay? How do we see that? How, how do we begin to live that out, pray that out? How do we begin to do that? Well, here's what I, here's what I think the, the prayer teaches us, okay? Number one, when I deny... When I deny, thank you, Neva. When I deny my kingdom and will for thy kingdom and will. That's when you'll start to see the kingdom, heavenly kingdom of God come into your little kingdom, into your little world. When I deny, when you deny, your kingdom, when I deny my kingdom and will for thy kingdom and will. Did you know that this life is not about you? I wasn't expecting a whole lot of amens there. 
I, I know, I, I wasn't expecting you. Amen, yeah, amen. Listen, I hope that we can get there as a church and then that's our mindset when we come in that, or in, in, in our life that this is not about you. This is not your world and we're all just living in it even though we act that way. Even though I act that way and, and you act that way. Well, listen, listen, in order for us to see the treasure of the heavenly kingdom, in order for us to see and experience the fine pearls of the heavenly kingdom, we need to deny our desire to have our kingdoms bring us the fulfillment and the satisfaction that we think they will, and they never will. They never will. My, um, my kids, they fall into this trap sometimes of thinking that their room is their room. <laughs> they, they fall into this trap like we do. We fall into this trap. The, my, my youngest, uh, you know, he's big into Legos now. Like this is like the Lego phase. And he thinks he owns the whole house. Like he thinks it's, the house is his. And there's Lego sets and Lego pieces that we've had since my 12-year-old was into Legos. My daughters were into Legos. So you can imagine, it's Lego land at my house. It's, you, you want a piece, I've got it. If you need a set, I've got it. Like, it's there. And so my youngest is like, he's got his Legos all over the place. So we're like, we can't, you can't, bud. You can't have the whole house. Like, your set can't be on my bed where I sleep. Like, that's where I need to live. Like, it's not that bad, but it's pretty close. So we consolidated this little area in a living room so that he can have some Lego sets. Well, he thinks that even that's his little area. Like, don't come over here, Dad. This is my space that I occupy. Don't even think about touching any of my Lego stuff. And my kids are the same way. My kids are like, this is my room. You stay out of my room. My daughter's like, this is our room. You stay out of our room. I say, wait a minute. This is my house. If I want to go and play with your Legos, I will. If I choose to sleep on your bed in your room, I will. This is my domain, all of it. I pay for it. You only are allowed to have the space that I gave to you. And if you want me to be happy, you better remember that it is not about your little kingdom. It is about thy kingdom. That's what it's about. And we have to, in the same way, we have to deny our earth. Now listen, this is what Jesus said. This is why being a Christian is so hard. This is why people you know, look into Christianity and they go, man, that's kind of hard. I don't know if I want to do that. Because Christianity is so challenging in this way. Because here's what Jesus demands of us. And here's what he was trying to teach his disciples in, in, in Luke chapter number 9. He was, saying, he was saying to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he, will, he is the one who will save it. Then look what he says. 
For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world? You gain the whole worldly kingdom. Congratulations. You have everything that you think that you need and want. You, congratulations. He says, he says, what will happen if a man profits and he gains the whole world and, that, and, and loses or forfeits himself? In other versions, it says his soul. He loses or forfeits his soul. That living in living out the kingdom of heaven, living that out and, and realizing the beauty of the treasure that is found in the heavenly kingdom and seeing that through the lens of your life and in your prayer life, I'm telling you, there's nothing better than that. But in order for you and I to experience that, we need to deny ourselves, deny the urge to think that if I profit and I gain everything from this world, that that's what's gonna satisfy me. It will always fall short. You hear me? It will always fall short. The treasure, the pearls, are found in the kingdom of heaven. And we need to see life that way. See it that way. Second thought here. When I occupy my space on earth with thy space as it is in heaven. So how do we see the kingdom of heaven come to this earth? Well, it's when I occupy my space on earth with thy space as it is in heaven. And here's what Jesus is, is helping us understand. You do have a space that he providentially placed you. You are here on planet earth, in this worldly kingdom, in this uh, earthly kingdom, because God puts you here. He puts you here. You say, no, 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 pastor, I, was, I had a job in Utah, and I lost that job in Utah, and I had to find another job, and Detroit was the only place that I could find a job, and, and I, it was the only opportunity I had to come, and so I, I'm here because I can't find a job anywhere else. I had to come here and find a job. Listen, I just want you to know that God Almighty providentially put you here. It wasn't an accident. The, Acts 17, Paul is, is talking to a bunch of um, what he describes as religious people, and they had all hundreds of idols that they were worshiping. And he was describing to them this unknown God. They wanted to make sure that they touched on all of the idols, you know? They wanted to make sure they got all of the gods. And so he's like, let me just tell you about this unknown God. And he just, just began sharing the gospel. And he tells them this. He says this to them. I just want you to know, you need to realize that God placed you here at a designated time in a designated place. That there's a reason for you existing here on planet Earth in this area. There's a reason for it. That you simply do occupy a space on Earth. But our prayers need to be 
that the kingdom comes into my space, that thy space fills up my space. Thy space fills up my space. And what is happening in my space on earth that what happens is what's happening in heaven can happen in my space on earth. Let me give you an example. A um, few years ago, years ago now, I um, was asked to fill in for a period of time as a, um, a minor league baseball team chaplain. And so I would go out to the field before their games, a few couple hours early before uh, they played their games, and, and, and do whoever was open to it, do a, a Bible study with players. They were like any other baseball players. They traveled around the country. You know, rarely were they at home, you know, and, and so um, I was asked to go in to fill in. So I went to the field a couple hours early, and I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to do, and so I just started letting the managers know on both teams that I was available for any kind of Christian Bible study that, you know, if, if there was anybody on the team. And so the managers were like, all right, well, you know, I could sense that I was a little annoying, you know, kind of annoying them because they're, you know, warming up and he's trying to get ready to the, you know, for the game, you know, and he, they just rode a bus, you know, overnight, you know, to get to the next location. So I was like, well, I just want, you know, I'll be over here at this picnic table <laughs> if anybody wants to come. So I'm sitting there and probably an hour and not before I know it, there's ball players and managers coming over to where I'm at. I'm like, well, either they're gonna kick me out or they're wanting to have a Bible study. And they came over and they sat down, managers, ball players from around the country, you know, came over and we just had a Bible study. We just opened up the word of God. We, I shared some, some principles I prayed with them, and I didn't know them, and they didn't know me from Adam. And it was, but I'm telling you, what was happening there in that little space with maybe eight players and a couple coaches and me was kingdom of God stuff. Yeah, it was a baseball field. Yeah, it was just around like a couple picnic tables. But you know what happened in that time? The kingdom came to our space. Yeah, they were there to play baseball. And yeah, they're trying to make it to the bigs. But the reality was in that time and in that space, the kingdom of God came. And I'm telling you, they, some of the managers gave you know, me their phone numbers. And they asked if I could have, they could have mine, if they can get a hold of me while they're on the road. I mean, it was awesome. But just in that time, the kingdom came to earth. And what was happening around those picnic tables is similar to what happens in heaven, that it was all focused around Jesus and who Jesus is. You want the kingdom of God to come? Here's what you and I need to pray for. You and I need to pray that God just overwhelms your life, overwhelms your space, whatever it is, wherever it is that you go, wherever it is that you do for a job and, and, and in your relationships, that, that when you go, that you bring the kingdom 
of heaven with you wherever you go. That you're just, and that, and that looks simply like this, you're just praying for people. Maybe at your space, at your work, you're just, people are telling you something about their life or what they're going through or maybe their kids' situations or maybe their marriage stuff, and they're talking to you about that. You're not going Oh, when is he going to walk away? You know, like, oh, man, I got work to do. I got stuff I got to get back to. Oh, man, this is like he's like taking up all of my time and he's talking my ear off. Maybe instead you're going, man, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your, your son. I'm going to pray for your marriage. And maybe you don't even have to tell them that. Because that might be, you know, a hindrance to a future relationship. But maybe you're just doing that. Maybe you're in a car ride with them. You're going somewhere to some meeting and you're just in the backseat as they're talking. And you're just praying for them. What you're doing is this. You're taking that little space that God has given you. And you're filling that space up with the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? This is what God wants us to do. Boy, I tell you, I, one of the highlights of, of my ministry time, there was this young lady in my ministry. She was a young adult. She was in her um, late teens, maybe, maybe early 20s, somewhere around there, 2021. 20, she was diagnosed with cancer. And just way too young, she was just, it, it just, it just, it, and she contacted us because she was just asking for some support. She didn't have family support uh, per se, and uh, she was just asking for a little support from the church. So we reached out to her, and we just wanted to just overwhelm her because her family situation wasn't all that great, and now she's finding out that she has cancer and not a lot of time to live. And in that time, I had the opportunity at a camp that we were at, that we, after I got done preaching, she pulled me off to the side and she says, you know, Pastor Chris, I've never given my life to Jesus. And I want to do that. I don't know how much time I have on this earth, but I want to give my life. And right there at the camp, she, we, her and I prayed together and she asked Jesus into her life. It was amazing. And, and over the next few months, you know, as she's battling with cancer, I would go and I would see her over in Royal Oak, you know, Cancer Center, and I would sit with her for, for a little while as she was getting chemotherapy treatments. And while she was getting these treatments, we would just talk about God. We would open up the Bible together. We would pray together. And in, at that time, I don't know if it's still like that today, but there was just all these chairs in the room while they were every, different people were getting chemo. And other people in the room were saying, Pastor, can you come pray for me? And I would say, yeah, of course. Pastor, can you give me a word uh, from, from the Bible? I need it right now. Yeah, of course. I mean, in that cancer chemo treatment room the kingdom of God was there it was it was it just filled the room that's and you know what it was like it was like I would have sold everything that I had for that treasure I would have sold everything that I had for that pearl of experiencing and seeing the kingdom come in the Beaumont Cancer Center 
And just a side note, I have this pager. Remember these? I had this pager, and it was that long ago that, we, that this happened, but we, we gave her a pager, and, we ha- and she had this pager on her at all times. And the reason why we gave her this pager was, was that we wanted her to know that people were praying for her. And so we gave the number to the pager out to the whole church, and when people prayed for Katie, they would, they would call the pager and it would buzz. I can't tell you how many times that we were sitting together and she would just sit there and she would just go like this and a big smile would go on her face. And she would just go and a big smile would go on her face. You know what that was? That was people praying for her. The kingdom was there and it was amazing. And we saw it. And it was life-changing. He says, I want you with whatever space that you have, I want you to make sure that that space is occupied not with worldly kingdom, not with earthly kingdom, but that space is occupied with heavenly kingdom that's at your job that's at your school that's in your relationships that's wherever it is that you go about life in your space that the kingdom of heaven is seen and known that's what Jesus is saying that we should pray for before we pray about anything else you know what we're praying for this week We're praying for as families drive into our parking lot, some 200 kids as they come into our parking lot starting tomorrow night. You know what we're praying for? We're praying that they leave their earthly kingdom and they walk into and they drive into this parking lot and they walk into this building and they experience a heavenly kingdom in this place. That's what we're praying for. That they're walking in here and they're going, there's something different. There's a feel here that's different. Yeah, that is different. Heavenly kingdom is way different than earthly kingdom. And that's what we want them to see. And you have a part in that. You have an incredible opportunity to say and decide on for two hours, for four nights, I am going to be a part of occupying a space for the kingdom of heaven. And that their experience is heavenly. That they're, what they're seeing and what they're experiencing and what they're going through is heavenly. That they walk, go back home and they go, wow, there's something unique there. That's what the church is supposed to be about. Too often... Too often, people come into this room and looking at me and looking at, and saying, what are you going to do for me today? And, and right back at you, I'm going to say to you, what can we do for Jesus? 
Don't come in here going, what, is this, what does this church have to offer me? What does this pastor have to give to me? How is this guy going to inspire me or make me feel better? Listen, every single week I'm pointing right back at you and saying, we're in the kingdom of heaven together. Let's make our space about that, all about Jesus. That's what we're praying for. So before I get into my unloading of stuff that God already knows, before I start talking about me and what I'm going through and how bad, and I can't do this and I can't experience that, I don't have enough of this and I don't have enough of that, before I get into my little pity party of prayer, Jesus is saying, I got a new quest for you. I've got a new way that you approach your heavenly father. By the way, holy is his name. Before you get into talking about your kingdom, I want you to get into talking about what you can do for his kingdom. That's a different quest for I think all of us when it comes to our prayer life. So that's your challenge this week. In the next seven or eight days for the 15 for 15 challenge, I just want you to pray for our mystery adventure week. Our mystery adventure week. Pray for his kingdom to to come and his will to be done in our space on earth as it is in heaven. Can you pray for that? Can you just pray? Listen, not about what you're dealing with and going through. I know I, I'm praying for you. and all, Listen, I, I'm with you on that. But listen, before you pray for you, can you just pray that these kids, these families have an experience that is heavenly? Because they're inundated all day long with things that are earthly, aren't they? So would you pray with us for that? Would you pray that his kingdom will come? And I, and I, hope, I hope that you're also praying that whatever it is that you are doing, wherever it is that you're going, wherever it is that you're experiencing in your life, in your space, that by the way, God placed you there, that you're praying that his kingdom come. And his will, your will? Nope, his will My will, nope, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we we recognize you as perfect, only for us, never against us. And you are holy. And your name is set apart. You're in rare air. No other name is greater than your name. Father, we're praying that your kingdom will come in our space. That we deny the urge and the desire 
to think that what we can gather and collect and store up in this earthly kingdom that we see, that we deny that and we engage in what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And in the kingdom of heaven, there's nothing more valuable than that. It's the treasure, it's the pearl. In the kingdom of heaven, it's all about your will, not my will, not our will. It's yours, it's yours. And that in our space that we occupy on this earth, that it's heavenly for those that are around us. I pray for, those, for this week, for the opportunities that we have as a church to engage in the kingdom and to invest and to pour our energy, our life, our resources into those in our community. Because that's why we exist as a church. We exist, God, for you for others, for our community, for the world. That's why we exist. And we all can play a part in that. We thank you for allowing us to do that. We thank you for those that are placed here specifically for that reason. I pray that they engage in that. In Jesus' name, amen.